These days, you can find Joanne, a woman in her early 60s, chasing after her grandkids, who just so happen to be triplets. At the two-and-a-half-year level, they are very active. They require a lot of attention. And <laughs> it is just a new adventure every day with them. Just, it's awesome. Outside of being a proud grandma, Joanne has always loved staying active. My hobbies and things that I liked to do outside of my work were um, working in my yard. I did a lot of gardening. I also liked to sew and do decorating, like with um, crafts, making different things for around the house. And then I would do different volunteer walks. We would like to you know, support different organizations by walking in their fundraisers. My life was just a lot of enjoyment, and I just had a good time with everything that we did. In 2016, while her daughter was pregnant with the triplets, Joanne was diagnosed with a late-stage non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a group of cancers affecting the cells that play a role in the immune system. Faced with a difficult road ahead, Joanne set her sights on the biggest goal imaginable staying well enough to not only see her future grandkids, but to also play an important role in their lives. This is Joanne's palliative care story. Severe back pain was what initially brought Joanne to the emergency room. Blood work that followed revealed the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. When it was discovered, the cancer had already spread throughout her body. My feelings when I was told of my diagnosis were quite varied. I didn't quite understand until like a week after I had had my first chemo that this was pretty serious. And that's when it hit me. And that's when I was in a state of shock. You know, how, was I going to see birthdays? Was I going to see grandchildren being born? You know, just a whole variety of different things. I was 58 years old, and it's like, oh, you, you can't have cancer at that age. So it, it was just a lot of different emotions. Chemotherapy was an option for Joanne. But before she could decide on her treatment plan, she had other difficult obstacles to deal with. One of those was that her illness caused her to have to leave her job as a human resources director at a computer engineering company a position she held for over 20 years. It was very difficult for me to leave my position at work because it was a huge part of my life. Recognizing that she could benefit from a group of specialists who could help her deal with the difficult pain as well as the enormous stress that came with the diagnosis, Joanne's oncologist referred her to palliative care. Joanne was um, struggling with the diagnosis. Additionally, to that, she had several psychosocial situations that were challenging her. So when her oncologist made a recommendation, Joanne uh, picked up on it right away and felt that that would be a good idea to help her um, along this journey. That's Mark Curtis, an advanced practice registered nurse who has spent a great deal of his career helping patients like Joanne live a better quality of life. Now, palliative care is specialized medical care for people with serious illness. The goal is to improve quality of life for both the patient and the family. Palliative care is provided by a specially trained team of doctors, nurses, and other specialists who work together with the patient's other doctors to provide an extra layer of support. It's appropriate at any age and at any stage of a serious illness, and it can be provided along with curative treatment. Everyone likes to think that I can do this on my own, 
But Joanne recognized that she was up against a big challenge, and she was very willing to embrace any uh, opportunity to have a better quality of life and to deal with um, naturally some of the depression and the anxiety symptoms that she was uh, experiencing. In the initial palliative care meeting, Mark and his teammates simply aimed to get to know the person. They asked questions like, what brings you joy? And what's keeping you from that joy right now? Although Joanne was struggling, Mark recognized something about her immediately. I would describe her, she's not a quitter. Um, she's always had a strong work ethic, and whatever challenges seem to present themselves, either physically, emotionally, psychologically, she was willing to do whatever it took to get through. Let's get specific about how palliative care works. The first thing to understand is that it's not a one-size-fits-all service. The palliative care team first works with the patient to establish goals. They can be as big as, I want to travel outside of the state next month, to something seemingly small, like I'd like to be able to dress myself in the morning. The aim of the palliative care team is to then help the patient get to those goals. Sometimes it's through evaluating a patient's medications. Sometimes it's just about listening and giving the patient a voice. Most of the time when I would go in, I would talk about how I was feeling with the uncertainty of my diagnosis, and they were very informative and in allowing me different handouts and types of websites that I could go to, uh, listening to different types of music. There was a wellness session that I went to, and it was just, it's just been very helpful. As we mentioned, chemotherapy was a viable option for Joanne, but that decision was difficult. She was worried about the side effects of chemo and how they might make her road harder. Mark's first action was to equip Joanne with all the information necessary to make her decision. We are going to work at putting the control back in your corner, in your life, and you're the one that gets to make the decisions for you. And, and what that did, she began to feel more empowered that... Even in choosing the, the treatments that she, she made a decision to follow through with, the chemo, um, that she was the one that was calling the shots, not necessarily um, all of her treatment team. As Mark said, Joanne opted to receive chemotherapy to treat the cancer. While the chemo treatments began to work wonders, they did cause side effects like fatigue, nausea, and what some patients call chemo brain, where you feel a fogginess and may have trouble with memory. I would venture to say at least 60% of the people that I see, that I work with, that are receiving chemotherapy have this, this brain fog that, that occurs. And it's frustrating to the individual because it, uh, they can't recall oftentimes as quickly as they were pre-chemo. Uh, memory seems to uh, be challenged a little bit more. So that was very frustrating to Joanne because in her position, she was able to um, hold a lot, a significant amount of information in her um, thoughts and in her mind, and she was very um, good and um, expedient at what she did. Mark helped Joanne focus on what she could control. I said to Joanne, I said, what will make or break you is what you say to you about you. And I want you to be aware of the conversation, the dialogue that you are having with yourself about you. She really responded to that, and she recognized that some of the things that she had been saying to herself were not productive, 
and we're not helping her get to a goal of a, an improved quality of life. So that, again, that was another technique um, that we used to just bring to her awareness that, yes, in fact, you do have cancer. Yes, in fact, you are in a challenging treatment. But it doesn't mean that we are going to look at the, the worst-case scenario. And I want you to be aware if that worst-case scenario is what is prompt most in the forefront or most prominent in your mind because that will affect how you live today as well as whatever it is you're thinking about in the future. Beyond the steady palliative care appointments as well as continued chemotherapy treatments, Mark suggested Joanne start keeping a journal as an outlet. Joanne actively picked up the idea of a daily journal where she would put at least one positive that happens every day in that journal. And what that did for Joanne is it helped challenge some of the anxieties and the unknowns that uh, she was worrying about projecting into the future. They allowed me to talk about all my fears and and they gave me such guidance and tools to channel positivity back into my life, which has been such a benefit for me every single day. In addition to constant pain management to deal with the back issues as well as the side effects of chemo, Mark and his team helped Joanne stay as active as possible. Physically through palliative care, they encouraged me to exercise, which I did. I was going to physical therapy and just doing various, in fact, Mark encouraged me to do one of the fundraiser walks at the church, and that got me into going to other fundraiser walks, in addition to ones that I had done before. But these were different because they were actually focused on cancer and finding cures for that. So just encouraging me every day to make sure that I got plenty of exercise because exercise was good for the for the brain and for the body overall. With more emotional support and paying closer attention to the pain, Mark started to notice positive improvements in Joanne. It would be difficult to even recognize this as the same woman. You know, sometimes I, I, I tell people, I wish I could videotape you in the very first session so that you could look back yourself and see how far you've come. Joanne now uh, versus the um, sort of depressed, fatigued, um, lacking enthusiasm or, or motivation for, for life um, has changed significantly. I started feeling better after going to palliative care when I would get up in the morning and look forward to the day and not worry about how I was going to feel, what was I going to think, but I was actually looking forward to that day. And whether that be, you know, doing dishes, looking out the window into the yard, or listening to music, it was just finding and knowing that I looked forward to getting up this morning. Now Joanne um, comes in. The, she's in, uh, a pleasure in our in our waiting room. We'll talk with staff, and her confidence level has improved. She is now at a place where she's actually able to work part time um, in a fabric store. 
she uh, pre-diagnosis, she enjoyed sewing and things of that sort, so it was an ideal situation for her, as can be expected. They really enjoy her at the store, not just her knowledge, but her personality. As the months passed, Joanne's daughter's due date was approaching. When the day came, Joanne was ready. She works at the same hospital in labor and delivery that I was having my chemo. When September came, I was in the hospital receiving chemo, and she was having her C-section giving birth to the babies. And they sent me a video feed, so I got to see my babies being born. And to think that I'm still here three years later, I just can't express how happy I am about that. The chemotherapy greatly reduced Joanne's cancer, and today she's playing a big role in helping her daughter raise the triplets. I felt like I was actually having a second chance of life, and I wanted to make the most out of it that I could. My quality of life now is great. I feel that with the experience that I had and surviving that experience has made me a stronger person emotionally, mentally, uh, in some ways physically I'm still working on. But I feel that I'm actually a better person in some regard. Over three years since her diagnosis, Joanne still sees palliative care every three months, and she's always excited to see Mark. Mark is awesome. He makes you feel very relaxed. He is funny. He likes likes to, to likes to laugh when I tell him funny things. He's laughing and he tells me that you know I'm his success story <laughs> because I've not given up and he's been there to help me through it. I mean, he listened to me. He would sit there on days and I'd come in and I'd just use tissue after tissue after tissue and then I just slowly progressed up to not using too many tissues. <laughs> it was it was just an overall good experience and I would recommend it to anybody. For more information on whether you or a loved one can benefit from palliative care, visit getpalliativecare.org.